0: Thank you. Hello and welcome back to Finest Hours the show where we will share amazing true stories of human achievement and influence. I'm Braden Cromar joined by my co-host Hayden Hansen and our executive producer Skylar Williams.
1: What is up everybody?
0: Hello, hello, hello. Happy to be back and we actually got back in 2 weeks. It's a miracle. I honestly didn't think we were going to do it today but <laughs> you know, I'm glad we can. We're back we're all about making
1: miracles happen.
0: I don't know what else to say other than thank you for joining us again for another episode of finest hours. This is one that we probably actually should have done quite a long time ago because it's a really cool story and it's right up our alley with our central themes that we discuss on finest hours. But it's why don't you introduce our subject for today? So we're going to talk about Irena Sendler, um, an amazing woman, 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 I said that she was multiple women, so I don't know how that happened, but That's the anyway. magic of podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, we're going to talk about Irena Sindler today. She was born in Warsaw, Poland on February 15th in 1910. Her original name, which we thought would be fun to try to pronounce, is Krasnowska. And I know... it's Krasnowska. Krasnowska.
1: Oh, that was really good. I think that was it.
0: Uh, what we should do is Polish spelling bee <laughs> <laughs> on our podcast sometime. Uh, we should Can you because... use that in a
1: sentence. <laughs> Irina Krzyszanowska. Uh.
0: <laughs> oh, Krzyszanowska, I think. Yeah, that sounded legit. And I just got to say, as far as city names go, Warsaw is a really solid city name. It's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. It's a solid solid 9 or 10 out of 10. Especially
1: because we can pronounce
0: it. Yeah, exactly. So she was born in Warsaw. She ended up being baptized on February 2nd of 1917 in Otwok, which is a town 15 miles southeast of Warsaw. So Otwok had a Jewish community. That's where Irena's father, who was a physician, would treat The very poor people, and that would include the Jews, and he would do that free of charge. He ended up dying in that same month from typhus, which he contracted from one of his patients. That's pretty solid when you think about and compare to what we have today.
1: Like That's just somebody serving out of the good of their heart to those that wouldn't be able to seek aid. I think that's pretty cool. Doing that on his own. So that's where Irina grew up. So the Jewish community in Otwok offered financial help for Irina's mother and the family, although Janina, who is Irina's mom, uh, actually declined the assistance. In 1927, Irina studied law for two years, and then she studied Polish literature. So she would be the winner of our Polish spelling bee. <laughs> At the University of, of Warsaw from 1932 to 1937. And during her time at the university, she opposed the ghetto benches system. And so this was a system of segregation where Jewish students were forced to sit on the left side of the classroom. And that was practiced during uh, the 1930s in Poland. And she actually also defaced the non-Jewish identification on her grade card. She was not a fan of the segregation.
0: So Irena, or Irina, her English pronunciation, (laughs) which I'm just going to go with that um, as well, would say that she experienced many disciplinary actions at the university because of her reputation as a communist and a Philo-Semite, meaning that she supported the Jewish people. And she was also reprimanded for some of the activities that she partook in. By the outbreak of World War II, she had submitted her magister degree thesis, uh, which is equivalent to a doctorate degree, but didn't take the final exams. So she put in all the work, but she didn't technically actually earn her degree since she didn't complete those final exams. Following her degree, or rather (laughs) non-degree, she became a member of the Polish Socialist Party and began to do social work. So soon after the German invasion, they ordered that all Jews be removed from the staff of the Municipal Social Welfare Department where Irena worked. Uh, Soon Irena and her colleagues began a cell of the PPS where they became involved in helping the wounded and sick Polish soldiers. On Irena's initiative, they began to falsify medical documents and other documents so the poor soldiers could receive the aid Irena extended the assistance to the Jewish community as well. So in November 1940, about a year after the Nazis occupied Poland, they created the Warsaw Ghetto, and as an employee of the Social Welfare Department, Irena gained access to special permits, allowing her to enter the ghetto to check for signs of typhus, which the Nazis feared would sweep through the ghetto. During the time, she would sneak in clothing, food, and other necessities in the ghetto.
1: Motivation for Irena to continue her operation to the Jewish community was due to the fact that many of her colleagues ended up on the Jewish side of the wall. And Irena, with the aid of others, eventually came up with a plan and would help those that would escape and even smuggle out babies and small children using various means. And one of these various means was to uh, take some children in an ambulance, And if the Nazis were checking the ambulance or if the kids were whimpering, she would have a dog with her. And when she would touch the dog's paw, she had trained it that if she were to hit the paw, then the dog is uh, supposed to begin barking. And so when the dog starts barking in the ambulance, it would set off a chain reaction and a whole bunch of other dogs would begin barking as well and cause quite a ruckus. Uh, made it so that the Nazis couldn't hear the children in the ambulance and would also distract them so that they would allow her to pass.
0: You think they would say there's a ruckus among us? There's a ruckus among us. (laughs) Um, So this plan became an urgent priority during the summer of 1942 because the Great Action was passed. And the Great Action is where they started to deport and murder all the Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto. Irena and all of her colleagues knew it was go time because there were lives on the line and people were dying every day. The operation was done with great risk um, because in October of 1941, in German-occupied Poland, it became illegal and punishable by death to aid a Jew. And not only were you punished to death, your entire family and household was killed big consequences for helping a group of people that were being targeted for, for no reason or for reasons that Hitler, you know, we could get into that, but that's not part of this episode. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you know, the history, right? Our listeners know the history. 25% of the Jewish children she helped ended up staying with Polish families while 75% were sent to charity facilities for children or other orphanages. She joined the Polish Socialists, where she worked under the pseudonym Clara. Here she issued fake documents, found places to stay, and guided activists on clandestine meetings. On October 18, 1943, she was arrested by the Gestapo as they ransacked her house. Um, She tossed a list of children to her friend, who hid the list in her loose clothing, fearing if found that the children would be compromised. Luckily, the Gestapo didn't find this list. They took her to their headquarters, where they beat her brutally, and she refused to betray any comrades or children that were rescued. They placed her in Powiak prison, where she was beaten more and interrogated, and she was taken to another location to be executed by firing squad. But what happened, Hayden? The German
1: guards that were escorting her fell for a bribe, and she ended up being released on the way to the execution.
0: That's the Polish resistance in the in the background helping to rescue Irina from awesome. execution.
1: How much bride money would you need, Braden, in order to give up somebody that you were escorting to an execution?
0: <laughs> there's no there's no right answer for that, right? Because <laughs> I don't want to sound cheap, you know. Well. <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, I also don't want to sound evil either.
1: <laughs> the first concern, don't want to sound cheap. Second concern, don't want to sound evil.
0: <laughs> It'd have to be a, a a hefty sum because you might be executed yourself. Exactly. So, exactly. Mean, exactly. That is fair. Evil.
1: The first number that came to my mind was about 30 bucks, but... <laughs> <laughs> my life is probably worth so so
0: if hayden is a guardsman and you're being about to be executed you know how much he needs for your life You probably negotiate
1: down to 20 if you only have 20 on you to be honest
0: if it's if it's hayden i mean i'll be pretty cheap i won't let hayden go to his death
1: oh she's horrible
0: uh no skyler skyler has the right answer right if you're like Yeah,
1: if your life is at risk, then it would have to be a pretty hefty sum. But it does interest me. I would love to know how much, you know, these bribes were for situations like that. Makes me curious. Now, during the uh, Warsaw Uprising, Irena, Irena worked as a nurse in the field hospital where a number of Jews were hidden among other patients. She was wounded by a German deserter that she encountered while searching for food. Irena and her co-workers gathered all the records of names and locations of hidden Jewish children and gave them to the Central Committee of Polish Jews. Most of these children were taken outside of Poland.
0: So after all of this, Irena went on and received six decorations. Among these decorations included two gold cross of Merit and the Knight's Cross of the Order of Polonia Restituta. Now don't ask me what those mean? Actually, you can because I do have them up. She won a lot of awards, though. She well did. well she deserved. Decorated
1: favorably. Well so, deserved awards.
0: I guess the the six that I that I'm talking about are from what did they say? From the Republic of Poland. So this is awarded for exemplary public service or humanitarian work that goes above and beyond the call of duty. Like Braden said, she received all sorts of uh, decorations and and medals. And so she continued her social work and helping others for many years after World War II. It was kind of a, a lifelong thing for her. In 1991, she was made an honorary citizen of Israel. And then she passed away on May 12th of 2008 at the age of 98. And she was buried in Warsaw's Pawski Cemetery. But most notably of the, of the awards that she, was, she had received or was nominated for, she was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize in 2007, but Al Gore would win it that year. Al Gore! <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you guys are like, what?
1: Honest question. Can you win the Nobel Peace Prize posthumously? That's a really good question. I would greatly. Oh, so it says before 1974, the Nobel Prize has only been awarded posthumously twice.
0: Post-1974, you can't, which seems kind of messed up, honestly. I know. You have to to do something amazing and survive. How many people are throughout history? There's so many more episodes that we're going to do. There are so many more people that should be recognized like that. It's true. And she lived 98 years to receive it. And then Al Gore got it. Yeah. Al Gore. That's kind of messed up. (laughs) I know, it kind of is. What did Al Gore do? Global warming stuff.
1: Is that really what it was for, though? Yeah. I know that's what he's most known for. Yeah. Al Gore. (laughs) 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 The Americans. USA. (laughs) (laughs) USA. For real, that like that, that does seem a little messed up. When you take a, I mean, it's a matter of perspective, but
0: interesting nonetheless. So, if you would like to learn more about Irina Sendler's life, um, there's a biography titled "Mother of the Children of the Holocaust." Good book. I, uh, I assume so. I didn't read it, so I apologize. <laughs> but <laughs> some some of our facts were taken from this book. Because they were cited on the Wikipedia (laughs) page. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't tell them our secret. (laughs) (laughs) Our secret is not Wikipedia. Thank you for joining us today on our episode on Irene Sendler. And thank you for sticking with us through the Polish pronunciations. We'll be back again in a couple weeks. During the meantime, follow us on our Instagram, which you should already be doing. So I don't know why I'm saying that again. And also, you could hit us up at our Gmail, which is finesthourspod at gmail.com. If you have someone that you want us to talk about, because we would love to talk about people that you guys are interested in um, and sharing their amazing stories. And as always, if you haven't rated us, give us five stars, all that good stuff. We want to become so famous. (laughs) (laughs) I want to become famous from your stories. I want to beat <laughs> Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and we you can people definitely can him on Apple Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we are the fastest growing podcast called Finest Hours. That's right, and we, world. World. and we have and we have listeners I've all over it. the world. So, <laughs> thank you to our international fans, especially. Yeah. Now, how do you say goodbye in Polish? I bet it's like a 17-letter long word. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet it's all consonants, too. Do widzenia. Nice. There you have it, folks. Peace
1: out.